The following is an It Was a Thing on TV special presentation. Welcome, everybody, to the It Was a Thing on TV Hall of Fame class of 2023. Greg here with Mike and Chico. And guys, we got our tuxes out. This is our second ever Hall of Fame class. Last year, we inducted 12 people to the first ever It Was a Thing on TV Hall of Fame class of 2022. This year, we've upped the stakes we have now added 17 people this year to the Hall of Fame. So the way we're going to do it this year is last year we had three. This year we upped it to four. And then the 17th, we got a special Lifetime Achievement Award. But first, we got to go through our four nominees for the Hall of Fame each. And then we'll go on to the headlining class of 2023 so we'll start with me my first choice is someone who i did not pick last year but this year i thought it's time to pick him this man is a legend here at east ports it was a thing on tv and we're of course talking about big d from personal injury court he of the famous sex swing that's right he took a ride on that sex swing and it broke. And let's also not forget that because of that episode of Personal Injury Court that we covered in Big D, Chico had to do an eBay search for sex swing and his ads were affected for quite a while on his browser. Oh, they were. That was collateral damage right there. I'm giving my all for this podcast, guys. But I have to respect Big D. Because he talked like the rock in the third person all the time. And unfortunately, Big D was like so dejected that his girl didn't tell him about a job she got. I can't believe Big D invested all this time into you. Oh, Big D. Wherever you are now, Big D, I hope that you're not on a sex swing. And if you are, I hope it's securely uh, bolted into the ceiling. Yes. Because it hurts like hell if you come out of it. All right, Mike, what's your first nominee? I'm going to follow in your footsteps. I'm going to stay in the world of personal injury court, but I'm going to go with one of our favorites from the past year, Home Run Rue. Oh, Home Run Rue. Home Run Rue, who supposedly blinded somebody or injured somebody's eye throwing a bag of peanuts at them. Yeah. And if you remember that episode, that bag of peanuts, it wasn't thrown from a far distance. And I mean, even like the, the speed was like fairly slow. Like you need to be really sensitive or I'm sorry, you're a little bit of a wuss if you got injured by a bag of peanuts. Just saying. But I think, again, the legend comes not just with the throwing of the peanuts, 
But right there at the end of the episode, during the closing credits, the Home Run Roo mascot outfit is just lying there, just sitting in the chair, looking like it's dead in the face. <laughs> just staring right at you, the Home Run Roo outfit. Yeah, you know what he was looking at? He was looking at the bird from Hoot Wireless. Hoot Wireless. Hoot Wireless. Hoot Wireless. So, yeah, that's my first uh, pick this year. And uh, Chico, go ahead with your first selection. All right. My first selection is somebody we overlooked in the last year. And it's really a crime because we devoted an entire week to him. An entire week. Not even an entire week. An entire two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. A week and a half. It is three week episodes. A week and a half. It's a week and a half. Yes. And he just turned 80. He's still with us. Oh, he and... just turned 83. He didn't just turn 80. He just turned 83. Oh, 83? Oh, 80 God bless plus him. three. God bless him. But yes. Yeah, it's like we devoted an entire block of time to him. He's played a robot. He's played a Frankenstein. He's played body language. And he's played a Klingon ambassador. And because of him, we all know how incredibly outrageous Starfleet regulations can be. Starfleet regulations, that's outrageous. And I'm going to add one more, Chico. Around Christmas time in 2022, he actually played the lead role in a Christmas movie as a Santa in the movie. Uh, it was either Lifetime, I think it was Lifetime. The Lifetime movie, Santa... Boot camp. <laughs> he's a man who can do anything, isn't he? Again, he's doing this at 82 at this point, and he did it perfectly. It was great. It was great. So my first entry into the 2023 Hall of Fame class is John Shuck. Aw, Shuck. Aw, Shuck. Aw, Shuck. But I gotta say, Mike, the shuck up was intro he did last year when he found all the clips was the best thing ever. And I love my all-time favorite of that clip. It's Charlie O'Donnell saying, the powerful John Shuck. <laughs> I don't know where that I do my research. I, 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 oh, it came from All-Star Secrets. Actually, I oh. think uh, there were three intros uh, from All Star Secrets, I used in that Shuckapalooza clip. Oh, great! Yeah, anytime you heard Charlie O'Donnell, that was from All Star Secrets because three oh, that... episodes from that week are out there. Oh, good. Well, we know John Chuck's powerful. He is but very I gotta... powerful. Oh yeah, he's very powerful. But I gotta say, Santa Boot Camp was it like that Special Forces show on Fox? No, no, but the, now you're getting Fox no. ideas. No, this is a, a full-fledged movie. It was a, a two-hour movie. I'm kidding, but could you imagine Mike Piazza, Carly Lloyd, and the Mooch in boot camp training to be Santa? You'd want to see that, right? Chico shaking his head, no, I don't want to see that. I, I'm sort of mixed, but I'm leaning with Chico. All right, fine, whatever. But okay, my second inductee 
Guys, we talked about it many times on this podcast in the last year. And well, he's been brought up in so many entries that we just had to put him in the Hall of Fame this year. I'm talking about Birdie himself, Terry Kaiser. It was inevitable. And we're not done talking about him yet. No. We still have at least one more entry with him as a lead. At least yes, one. At least one. But let's not forget, Terry Kaiser did inspire a dance craze with the birdie. Where you just, like, in Weekend at Bernie's 2, you just, like, play it like this. Just... Yeah. First I limped to the side like my leg was broken. Then I limped to the other side like my other leg was broken. Yeah. That was all the rage with the Oakland A's back in the early 2010s. And they actually got Terry Kaiser to throw out the first pitch in an A's game. And all seven fans loved it. Oh, all seven fans at the Oakland Coliseum, they all loved it. Uh but I'd be remiss if I did not mention my favorite scene from Weekend at Bernie's. The scene where he's like on the, uh, where he's like his body's flailing around on the boat and he hits the buoys. It just is a ding, 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 ding. Oh, I just laugh the F off every time I see it. Oh. Congratulations, Terry. All right, Mike, who's your second pick? I don't know how I can follow that up, but I'm going to try. My second pick, I'm going to go with another name that we've mentioned a lot. He's done a lot, and he's not a household name. I'm sort of like Terry Kaiser. He's not a a household name. I'm going to go with Earl Bowen. And we've talked about him plenty over the last year or so. And unfortunately, he just passed away within the last two months. He passed away in January. But gosh, where have we talked about him? He's been everywhere. Uh, We talked about him in Second Chance 1987 because he played Matthew Perry's boss on it when it was Boys Will Be Boys. Well, we just talked about him recently. We talked about him on Mavin's Place last week. That's right. he he, He played a judge. Yeah. Within like the last week or so, I was watching some uh, last season episodes of Soap and Earl Bowen popped up. He played a doctor, at least on one episode. I thought I saw he was on more than one episode. And if I'm not mistaken, Chico, the only person other than Arnold to be in all three Terminator movies, the first three at least. Yep. Yeah, as a psychiatrist. But yeah, he's been all over the place. Yes. All over the place, yeah. And just taking a look at his uh, uh, CV, as it were, we talked about him in Mr. President. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mr. President. Hold on a second. George, I know you wanted a paycheck from that show, but when that came on the air, what was your reaction? Turn it off! Turn it off! You're breaking in the new soundbite. Very good. Yeah. 
And like I said, we talked about him in Madam's Place. We talked about him in The Powers of Matthew Starr. I mean, I'm just going down his IMDb, trying to see where we talked about him. Earl Bowen, he's everywhere. I mean, he is that proverbial, that guy from that thing. And really, taking a look, he'll appear elsewhere in the future, but he's definitely done enough to be enshrined in our Hall of Fame. Here's to you, Earl. Thank you for what you've done. Chico, number two. Number two. We are not done talking about my second pick for the Hall of Fame. Okay, so Mike was just talking about a that guy from that thing. But my second pick, we are not done talking about him because his voice is legendary. Legendary. You all know him as the heartbeat of R&B. He's had several career comebacks in his day. He is a Zach of all trades. He is the voice of the Sears Teledisc catalog. You betcha bottom dollar. He also had 14 episodes where his was the male voice playing off of Dion Warwick in perhaps the greatest theme music we have ever had the pleasure of covering on this show. My second pick for the Hall of Fame, the one, the only, Mr. Luther Vandross. You forgot one thing about Luther Vandross. What's that? He's been the voice of one shining moment for the last, like, almost 20 years. Yes, with the exception, he is. With the exception of that one year where they had Jennifer Hudson and it was terrible. And I love Jennifer Hudson, but... No. But yeah, let's never forget that Sears Teleshop laser disc catalog. Where it's gotta be Cheryl Teagues. It's gotta be Cheryl Teagues. And we all know what all the dads in 1981 were doing when that part came up. You know what was going on. Uh, they were playing craps. They were playing That's craps. I know what Ernest Bordine was doing. I masturbated a lot. Oh, I bet you Ernest rewound that. Or plenty of time. Yeah, bet your bottom dollar. <laughs> because Cheryl Teague's always anyway, anyway. So next we're going back to Greg for his third pick. Yes. Well, we've mentioned this man, of course, in the match game Hollywood Squares Hour. And then we mentioned him in Delta House. And we mentioned him a bunch of times. Of course, he was an actor. And then he transitioned to a director of many future entries on this podcast. I'm talking about the one, the only, Mr. Pembroke himself, J.B. Widows. Nice. Yes. But guys, let's not forget. Magnificent beard guy won the thirty thousand dollars on the match game Hollywood Squares Hour on his birthday in nineteen eighty three. With JB Widows and the thirty. Yeah. Well No, Jamie was... didn't have the thirty. Yeah, no, 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 Marty Cohen had the thirty, silly. Oh. It, it just happened to be Jamie Widow's birthday. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
But yeah, eventually one day we will get around to talking about him in season one of Charles and George. And by the way, speaking of Charles and George, do you remember the episode, the Family Guy Christmas episode where Peter wanted a Charles and George lunchbox? And he got it for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. He got a Charles and George lunchbox for Christmas, Peter. That was just magical. That was it absolutely was a, magical. It was a magical Christmas. Wonder if John Shuck gave him that uh, Charles and George lunchbox. But also, let's not remember Zap sweep the Oscars according to the Onion. Well, Mike, pick number three. Okay, this person doesn't have the credentials of some of the people we've mentioned, but he's just a television legend. We've only talked about him thus far twice. We talked about him within the first, like, ten episodes of the podcast, and then we just talked about him last week. We did not talk about this guy anywhere between, like, episodes, like, seven or eight and 353 or 354. Who I'm talking about is Charles Nelson Riley. He's that quintessential actor, bon vivant, you, I'm sure you've heard that term uh, describing him, just multi-talented, he's a director, he's an actor, he's a comedian, he's a very funny guy, he's a person I wish I met sometime in his lifetime. Obviously he hasn't been with us for well over 15 years, but his personality just lights up a room. And I mean, if you ever watched the old match game back in the 70s, and even the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour, and even Match Game in 1990, he's got this sort of smirk on his face that he sometimes uh, gives when he gives a either like a really bad answer or pokes fun at Brett Summers or something like that. And I'm sorry, that kills me every time, that smirk that Charles Nelson Riley gives. And just in case you need uh, references as to the shows that uh, we talked about him on, like I said, we talked about him on Madam's Place last week. And then the episode from, this is like episode seven or so, was Lidsville. Oh, yeah. And we haven't, and we haven't talked about him since, uh, between episode seven and episode 353. And actually, we're going to talk about him next week because I found something that... Oh, man, this is like, I don't know if somebody was on some sort of drugs when they did this, but also given the production company that did this, it's kind of not surprising they went like way off the wall. But yeah, we're going to talk about Charles Nelson Riley next week in probably one of the most unusual roles, a decent personality, a decent actor has ever done. I don't want to give it away, but also at the same time, there's probably a reason why you never heard from this show, Charles Nelson Riley. It may be one of those things that he just wanted to keep as a, a blip on his uh, resume, on his highlight reel. But it's out there. It's online. Uh, bits and pieces. I don't think there's any complete episodes, but we'll talk about that next week. So that's my yeah. third. Oh, by the way, 
when we do pilot month 2023, we do have a pilot that has Charles in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we got two entries to look forward to with Charles in it. So CNR, that's number three. Chica, what's number three for you? Number three for me is a guy that we talked about in passing, but actively covered something that he was in three times. We talked about him following a popular pop band. We talked about him and his escapades in um, spring training with uh, his friend and Balls always finding his nachos. And we talked about his morning talk show in 1980. Most notably, the end of his morning talk show in 1980, where we talked about Las Vegas Gambit Show. It's on after blockbusters. And that would be David Letterman. When we ultimately get to do TV sign-offs, I know he did at least one sign-off for his hometown station, WLWI, if I'm not mistaken, and it was the funniest crap that you will ever see. So yeah, we're not done talking about David Letterman. But also, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fantastic official David Letterman channel on YouTube that curates all 33 years of Late Night with David Letterman through The Late Show with David Letterman. And man, the random clips they find from the show at like certain times where it can be timely is so amazing. Like, I think like they found a clip recently for the uh, first anniversary of the Will Smith Chris Rock slap. I think all the way back from 2011 where Chris Rock is talking some crap with Will Smith. And I'm like, oh yeah, this beef go back years. <laughs> but also I'd be remiss if I didn't mention some of the wonderful moments with Larry Bud Melman because we did the Larry Bud Melman centennial back in 2021. And let's not forget the bus station <laughs> with Larry. That was a great moment with Dave just dying of laughter during it. Welcome to New York. Have a moist towelette. Oh, yeah. Also, don't forget, we talked about Letterman uh, when we talked about Father Biff. Yep. Yeah, that's Father correct. Biff. We did the uh, all the Letterman bits from over the years. All the fake shows like Father Biff and... The Chris Elliott Jr. show and Pat and Kenny read Oprah transcripts. <laughs> Still the greatest bit of all time, Pat and Kenny read Oprah transcripts. Ain't it just though? But yeah, that's the sort of comedy that you will only get from David Letterman and that's why he is now and it was a thing on TV Hall of Famer. And I'm going to have one more thing about his YouTube channel. They are timely when it comes to people who passed on. Like the day Richard Belzer passed, there was a clip up there. Yeah, the day Tim McCarver passed away, there was a clip up there. 
I'm waiting for them to upload a clip with Tom Sizemore, who passed yesterday. Oh, I didn't realize that officially happened. Yeah, yeah that... it happened. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, my fourth nominee. Well, guys, we mentioned her in SOS Titanic. And we mentioned her in episode 148 in WrestleMania 2. We're announcing alongside Vince McMahon at the Nassau Coliseum. She said this phrase seemingly 50,000 times. And it became part of the It Was a Thing on TV canon. Uh-oh! Uh-oh. I'm talking about the one, the only, Susan St. James. To this day, I don't know if she was Kate or if she was Allie. I don't know either. I thought she was Allie. Yeah, Jane Curtin seems like a Kate. No, Jane Curtin was Allie. <laughs> oh, damn it! So Susan St. James was Kate. Allie. No. Wait. I don't know. I'm looking at the wiki. Susan St. James was Kate McCardle. This is what happens when this show is rerun for the last 35 years. Okay, Greg, I have a question for you. Let's see if you get this right. Okay. Susan St. James. Was she McMillan or was she the wife? Oh, she was definitely. Wait. <laughs> is this a trick question? Just answer it. Well, she was the wife, but wasn't her last name also McMillan? Yeah. Well, Rock Hudson couldn't be the wife because he was McMillan. I'm sure Rock Hudson wishes he was the wife, but let's be quite honest. We all, yeah, Susan St. James is the wife. I'm sorry, Rock Hudson wanted to be the wife? Yeah! Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Greg. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. Oh, also, we should mention, speaking of Macmillan and wife, John Shuck was on that. He was a regular. He was Sergeant Enright. That's right. He was Sergeant Enright on Macmillan and wife. That's one of my favorite things uh, every weekend. They show a Macmillan and wife uh, episode on Cozy at like noon. That's just like heartwarming to me, watching that and hearing Rock Hudson and Hearing Susan St. James and and obviously John Shuck, Nancy Walker. Oh my gosh, the list goes on and on. That was some magic back in the 70s. The NBC uh, murder mystery movie. I got a question. Is there any point where she says, uh-oh, during McMillan in life? I haven't seen one yet. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Because clearly, you know, they've got what, like 40, 50 uh, uh mcmillan and wife movies so i'd have to watch like for the entire year but i haven't seen it yet oh well that's i hope there is a sequence if, if there is you'll be the first one to find out oh yeah but one of my favorite moments i gotta mention i think i said this in the wrestlemania 2 episode but when talking about george the animal steel she says 
George the Animal Steel. He may not be smart, but he has respect for women, Vince. <laughs> and that's lovely to know. All right, Mike, what's your fourth and final pick? This one might be a dark horse candidate, but I think this person's resume, especially the last year or so, makes this person definitely worthy of being in the hall. Again, we talked about him last week in Madam's Place, but we've talked about him repeatedly on so many different shows. We talked about him on One in a Million. We talked about him on Double Trouble. We talked about him on the Ghostbusters, the one from 1975, the live-action one. I think we've even mentioned he was on a couple episodes of the original Love American Style. I know that's the G-Man's favorite version, and I know you despise it, Greg. But Such remember, we did come to a truce. We did come to a truce you, about the old, old American style. Yes. And you did come to a truce. You're absolutely correct the about that. The old Love American style is just okay. Just, just all right. It's just okay. And uh, we also mentioned he was on a couple of episodes of When Things Were Rotten. But like I said, the only thing that he was on on a regular basis, at least uh, among a show that we've covered, is uh, One in a Million, where he played Max Kellerman, not the Max Kellerman that hosted IMAX and uh, was the first host of Around the Horn. No, not that Max Kellerman. The gentleman I'm talking about is Carl Ballantyne. Primarily known for being a magician, and actually uh, a lot of the shows that uh, he's been on that we've covered he played a magician in some capacity. He did magic on Madam's Place. Uh, I think we had him as a magician on Double Trouble. He was on an episode of Black's Magic. Oh, there, there's another magician. We have to. We, we're going to cover Black's Magic because anything to uh, talk about Howland. What can I say? The one thing that he didn't appear on, surprisingly, another show that. I think as an eventual cover because it ran one year, but also it's supposedly a very good show is the magician with Bill Bixby never appeared on that. But yeah, after like four or five mentions of him specifically in like the last year, I really think that Carl Ballantyne is deserving of this honor. All right, Chico, your last one. This is the final one before we get to the headliners. Yes. It's the final one. We talked about him a number of times. He is one of the uh, journeyman quiz show hosts. He is one of the most underrated, understated, legendary uh, MCs of ours or any time. He comes from great game show hosting genes. I don't know what they put in the water in Kentucky, but they make really good game show hosts. He is the younger brother of Jack Nars. He is James Nars. But you know him as Tom Kennedy. Dr. IQ himself. Did we talk about him on uh, Price is Right, not involving Parker or Kerry? No, we talked about him on Break the Bank. Break the Bank, that's what it was. That's what it was. My mistake. So yeah, this guy, he just seems adept at any job he does. And he's very much missed. Try to see what else we may have talked about with him. 
Oh, password. No, that was password. No, not password plus. No, we would have talked about it on password plus because he was the host on the final episode where Tom Post. Oh, yeah, had a brain fart. Yeah, Tom Post had an accident. Ah, uh, Tom Post and then his game show chicanery, as it were. Yes. Like he gave an illegal clue. How much money did he cost the contestant again? Like twenty grand. Well, I think they won like twelve grand, but he cost him like eight thousand. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. It does indeed suck. Oh, we also talked about him on Fifty Grand Slam. How could I forget that? I would like to forget Fifty Grand Slam. <laughs> And also, he did host Split Second, which is getting a reboot next month. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, on GSN with John Michael Higgins. Yep. They could not have picked a better host for that. I'm going to add this one before we move on. We referred to this once, but this did involve Tom Kennedy. So I think it's fair game. Uh, We talked about Peter Haskell once, and I mentioned uh, a very... Weird clue that uh, somebody gave on You Don't Say 1975 to him, involving a release of air from somebody's body. You're thinking fart. And the word they were going for was sigh for Saigon. So we did refer to Tom Kennedy on that. Wait, we did refer to Tom Kennedy because didn't you inform me that... There's an episode of the original You Don't Say with Keenan Wynn in it. Yes, yes. Yeah, Keenan Wynn. Uh, I think it was Keenan Wynn and Mary Tyler Moore were on the, uh, the same uh, episode or the same week. That is fantastic. Keenan Wynn and Mary Tyler Moore and Tom Kennedy. And also, going back to Suckapalooza that we talked about earlier, when we say, oh, shuck, that's what Tom Kennedy said after a gauntlet loss. Aw, shuck. Aw, shuck. So those are all of our individual inductees. But before we get to the headliners of the class of 2023, we have a special award. It's a Lifetime Achievement Award for service above and beyond the Call of Duty in Things on TV. And that would go... To the late, great Gilbert Gottfried. Yes. And let me just say, when we started this podcast back in 2019, there were two podcasts that I think inspired us to do this. The first, of course, was Omnibus, but the other was Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. And interestingly enough, one person who follows us on Twitter is Frank Santo Padre from Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. Yes. But let's not forget the many shows Gilbert did over the years. Of course, we can't forget Up All Night. No, we cannot forget Saturday Night Live, the 1980 season. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, not a good one for that year, but I mean a good episode for us. Good material for us. Oh, and wait. Do we have Problem Child, the animated series, as a future cover? If we don't, we should. 
we'll probably cover that one day. And of course, we can't forget the 1998-2004 version of the Hollywood Squares. Oh yeah, the greatest game show moment of all time. You fool! The one game that took forever. It was such a great moment. We did talk about Gilbert in the one mini-sode with Tidy from SNL, where he was the voice of Napoleon. What a messed up animated movie. A messed up fake animated movie. Tidy. That was so amazingly stupid. But yeah, Gilbert, we miss you. And hey, you're in the uh, class is a lifetime achievement award winner. And yeah, thank you for all the memories. Okay. And you deserve it. You are a legend. You are also a driving force for this podcast. And we thank you. Yes. Now let's go into the top four inductees. The no doubt about it choices for this year's Hall of Fame class. And we're going to start first with... Somebody I think we first discussed all the way back in episode 50. And I think one of the best episodes, I think, from the first 100 episodes, the pilot tag team of Jesse Ventura. And I think we've talked about him again in WrestleMania 2. We talked about him in The Gang Wrestles for the Troops. We talked about him in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Uh, probably, oh, the All-Star Rocket Wrestling Saturday Spectacular. And I think we're going to probably definitely talk about it later on this month. And I'm talking about the one, the only, the late great, Rowdy, Roddy Piper. And remember, Chico, that boxing match with Mr. T. That was legit. That was, well, no. Piper was a legit boxer. Mr. T was not a legit boxer. It was a worked match, and Mr. T could not throw a worked punch on Roddy, which was so bad, Roddy had to throw his stool at Mr. T. Like, what the hell are you doing? Didn't, like, um in the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, wasn't there something with uh where Mario got the wrong bagpipes or something? Yeah, and end up making a vacuum cleaner with his bagpipes. The vacuum cleaner with Roddy's bagpipes. Which made absolutely no sense. No, I don't know. Mario somehow made it work, I guess. I guess. I think we need to add two more things. One that we've overlooked, but also another thing that I just saw on his IMDb. We didn't talk about uh, the Goonies video. That's right. Yeah, the Goonies are good enough for you music video. We did a live show for. Yeah, he was in that. And also, just again, taking a look at IMDb. He was on an episode of Silk Stockings. What? He was on an episode of Silk Stockings. It looks like it was an episode from what it was on CBS Late Night. But he was on one episode of Silk Stockings. I definitely think that aired after Monday Night Raw, probably on USA. But hold on, Mike. Now I get to turn the tables on you. Was he the man meter of the week? I think he would be more of a comic foil on that episode. 
he's just too old to be man meat at that point. He would have been close to 40. He would have been like 38 or so. So, no, I don't think he would have been the man meat. Oh. I'm sorry. Eh. But let's not forget the maniac. And remember, the maniac loves you. One of the best episodes of It's Always Sunny. Oh, yeah. And let's not also forget the other appearance he was on in It's Always Sunny, Philadelphia, with what? The Invigoron? The Pyramid Scheme? That was a good episode, too, yes. Yeah, where somehow he freaking sells all the Invigoron. All the Invigoron. (laughs) Did he sell them all to Ben the Soldier? Yes. Yes, they did. Because Ben the Soldier is stupid. All right. So that's Roddy. Our second headliner. uh, We lost her last year. But we talked about her a number of times. We talked about her, I think, going all the way back to making it. Yes, she was one of the regulars on making it. And that came after her star turn as Jody Dallas's baby mama on soap. Yeah. Of course, we're talking about Rebecca Balding. The only other show that she ever did semi-regularly was Charmed in the Charmed. 2000s. Oh, yeah, it's the original Charm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's not forget, Chico, she was in one of the greatest episodes of any TV show. She was in the poker episode of Super Train. She stole all that money from Ronnie McDowell, Cleavon Little, and David Wilson. And she is in so many things that are on our list that she will always have a place in show lore, I think. Yes. But let's get to our third entry. Our third headlining uh, inductee. He will always be remembered as, and now I am quoting, that son of a bitch Charles Logan. The world of television will remember him as that son of a bitch Charles Logan. But we will remember him as the guy who broke the other guy's kneecaps on the set of that one time. That would be Gregory Itson. Yes. Another late, great actor. Yeah. And I think it was the first time we mentioned. I think it was the Nuthouse, right? Yes. Because he was on the Nuthouse. And that's when, in that episode, we coined the phrase, I think, that bastard Charles Lundgren. And to think, okay, now, disclosure here. Originally, back in 2020, I wasn't going to do that week. And I only did that week because COVID canceled all my stuff for the summer. So if it wasn't for COVID, we never would have had that bastard Charles Lucan as a saying on this podcast. He would have just been some guy. No, we would just call him that guy who broke up. 
the guy's kneecap on few was also on 24. And I would have probably mentioned Charles Logan, but I wouldn't have said that faster Charles Logan. And of course, we're not done talking about him because he's in at least one more thing on our list. Yeah. And let's not forget, he was in Strip Mall with fellow former few contested downtown Julie Brown. No, it's oh, just say Julie Brown. Oh yeah, let me I always get them confused. Yeah, just say Julie Brown. Not downtown Julie. Thank you, Chico, for clarifying that. That would be the entry I was talking about, by the way. Just say Julie Brown. Oh yeah, strip mall. But let's not forget who else was on strip mall, Chico. Jonathan Mangum, Chris yeah. Lyle. Chris Lyle. Yeah, well, specifically Jonathan Mangum, because we talk about Jonathan Mangum all the time on this podcast. He might as well damn be a future inductee, Jonathan Mack. Maybe that'll happen. Yeah. But okay. We're down to one more headliner. And well, I gotta say, this man, when I say he was the voice of television in our childhoods, that is not an understatement. It is true. When you heard this man's voice, whether it was on a promo for something or a commercial, you knew this man, this guy's voice conducts. This is going to be something you're either going to want to watch or you're going to want to buy because this voice is so epic. And I'm talking about the one, the only Ernie Anderson. I'll tell you right now, he is at his best when he plays against type. Or at least, he's at his buddies when he plays against type. But here's the thing. We never know what his type is! Because he can play both sides. He can be lighthearted when he's talking about a comedy that's coming up, but then he can show off his dark side when dramatic and irony shows up. That's comedy and then drama. But also, let's not forget, when you want to relax, you want to take a good ride on the love boat. That's a little bit of both right there. Yeah, you got your comedy, and you got your drama. So it's like, I don't know how I'm going to play this. It's a sitcom, but it's a dramatic sitcom, so I'm just going to meet him at the middle. The love boat. And Mike... Obviously, we got to mention about Ernie. As we said in the Ernie Anderson episode we did way back when, he got his start in Cleveland. Yeah, he's well known here for playing Goulardi, who I think was one of the original sort of uh, horror-ish kind of hosts, sort of like Spenguli in that realm. And I think we mentioned uh, when we did the, uh, the episode on him, that when Goulardi was on, crime dropped like a third because all the young people late at night on Fridays were at home watching Goulardi. But also, I think another thing we need to mention is his son, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. A great director in his own right with um, such films as Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and recently uh, Licorice Pizza. 
which I have not seen yet, but I heard is very good. Those are all of our inductees. Congratulations to all 17 of them. May you live forever in the hearts, minds, and colons of television glory. But this only opens up the way to the class of 2024, who is already gearing up their acceptance speeches right now. What acceptance speeches? We're the ones who are doing the acceptance speeches. That is true, though. Yeah. They live on in our hearts. Yes. Yes, they do. And God bless them for it. Well, that's our ceremony. Congratulations to the 17 new inductees. They joined the class of 2022. For Greg... For Mike, I'm Chico. Thank you ever so much for listening. And we'll be back with some more things on TV real soon. Until then, please be kind to each other. And we will see you in the next one. Wow! Tonight, Sonny steals his brother's fiance. Why was I cursed with animal magnetism? Making a living. Then, a game of reverse psychology kicks into forward to celibacy. To ecstasy. On the love boats. Tonight on ABC.